Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, After Buzzers? Welcome to the After Show for the Righteous Gemstones. We got the series premiere tonight, and praise the load! Praise the load! Danny McBride is back on TV, brought an all-star cast with him. So excited to chat about the show with you guys. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz I wish we had church music. Praise be! But even though Jesus still lives in this room, <laughs> he does. I can, I can feel the Holy Spirit. Me too. The third of the planes of the gemstones. Running through my body. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in. Very excited to be doing this panel. My name's Amy Maestri. I'm going to be moderating the panel this uh, this season for this new show. So excited about the lady sitting next to me comedy connoisseur and mega church questioner the questioner of all mega churches <laughs> i will never understand and this is why this show is perfect for me <laughs> and amy's not hyping herself up enough she is our crowned comedian at after buzz tv and it, yes everything she does is gold so this is the perfect show for us two to cover thank you no problem god be with you <laughs> praise be blessed day under his eye proceed <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what show are we talking about? <laughs> oh, man. This was, um, you know, it's funny when, uh, like a week ago, before Brie, one of the producers here, called and, and asked if I wanted to do this panel, I had literally just been talking about this show like an hour before no way. with a few friends. And Did I was you like, see the commercial? Because that was one thing I had issues with. I was like, where's the promotion? This, this is hilarious. That's the thing I saw. I was like, wait, John Goodman and Danny McBride. Why is this not plastered in my face everywhere? Everywhere. <laughs> but you, so it was an automatic yes for you. Oh, hell yeah. And then I found out this queen was going to be sitting on the panel with me. And I was like, hell yes. Double hell yes. <laughs> H-E double hockey sticks. Jesus bless that <laughs> hell yes. Oh, man. So what I know, you know, like going into it, I was just excited mostly for the cast. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. But Same. This cast is incredible. I mean, Danny McBride, John Goodman, Adam Devine, Edie Patterson, um, lots of groundlings in there. Edie Patterson and then Tony Cavallaro, who plays the little Satanist there, <laughs> both groundlings. Um, just like comedy gold in this cast. Completely. The cast really sold me. I was excited to see a Danny McBride project. Again, especially on HBO. Anything HBO, I'm usually sold into because it's going to be a high production value regardless. And they yeah. can pull a bunch of strings. But the mixture of the cast, HBO, the premise of megachurches. Because like I said, I, I've always been a person who's that questioning everything. And megachurches is one thing I've just been questioning since I was like two years old. I just don't <laughs> get it. Little baby Steph was watching the TV, some televangelist preaching to her, and she's like, no. Jesus didn't even have shoes, bro. Like, why do you have mega mansions? 
That's, That's all I'm saying. It's such a good premise, too. I feel like no matter who I talk to about this show, whether they knew what it was about and were excited for it, or just someone that you just mentioned it to and they're like, oh, what's that about? And you're just like, televangelist. And they're like, oh, perfect. Exactly. And it's a Danny McBride production about televangelists. <laughs> Chef's kiss to the air on that one. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about the characters first, because I think they did a really great job for a pilot episode to establish every single character. Mm-hmm. We found out so much about that family, and all of them individually, and their roles in the family, what they do for the church, their personalities, within 10 minutes. And I love when a show does that, when immediately it's just the who, what, when, where, why, and you know everything right away and i actually paused it on minute 12 when the big conflict starts which we'll get into later but the fact that they just spent those 12 minutes just being like this is the world that we're in these are the characters i was so impressed by that i completely agree it felt like i've been arguing this to my friends lately i think movies nine times out of ten can't compete with television series anymore just because the amount Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm all about character development and you just can't compete when you have episodes compared to a one movie sitting. But I will say for this show, it started like that exciting movie intro where you get to be fully introduced to these characters. And then it left me thinking, like, I wonder what they're going to do with the rest of the season. But by the end of the episode, I was like, oh, my God, they have so much that they can do with what they've set up. Exactly. And I love to just the establishing shot of them like. After uh, coming back from China and seeing them roll up and after seeing the father, the son, and then the Holy Spirit planes, I was like, oh my gosh, they're so extra. (laughs) So extra. Um, I also loved that when they were pulling away, all three cars just kept going the same. I was like, are they all going to the same place, but in three different cars? That's the thing. There's no rhyme or reason for a lot of these actions, and that's what drives me insane. Exactly. (laughs) Why? But please keep doing it. So let's let's talk about the family dynamic. Let's Mm -hmm. jump into these characters. Um, Daddy Gemstone. John Goodman. The ultimate TV dad. I mean, it's just like Dan Connor, right? He exactly. is so good in everything he does. So good. I am so curious to see what his character arc will be because obviously he's coming off of the tragedy of losing his wife who they seemingly seemed like they were really in love and he loves her and misses her so much which is so sad but I'm curious to see if we get to see how they develop their mega church in yeah. the beginning of their relationship because it seems really complex but man is he a funny pin that holds the family together i mean they still call him daddy like they're five-year-olds getting tucked into bed every night like they act more like little boys than than danny mcbride's boys in the in the show (laughs) straight up (laughs) i think it's it's you can kind of see that he's realized that he's built monsters but also he's kind of one too so he's like i think he he's kind of somehow gonna be the moral glue even though he's also the one who started this like 
awfulness because I feel like he's a little bit more grounded than some of the other characters, but he's still just an absolute terrible person. Well, <laughs> to me, it was like kind of drawing similarities on the Trump family in terms of like. I don't want to say that too much because they're they're way different. But Do in it. terms of like the the boys being complete morons <laughs> and following everything the dad does and thinking everything yeah. the dad does is good and will listen to whatever they say and they don't even really question the moral groundings for anything that they're doing. So that's why I question the dad because I'm like, what is the point? Like, how religious are you? Is this all a money scheme for him or does he have some part that is? Because to me, it seems like Adam Devine's character is the, uh, is the only one who's actually religious. Yeah, in in a weird way, which is why it, it's so funny. I think again, why this concept is so brilliant because you get to see like where they find religion convenient for them, mm-hmm. and that's what it's going to come down to. I think when it's convenient to you know give a little praise Jesus, then it works. But you see like the true colors of where it is just all about money and greed, and he's the the spearhead of it all. So. Um, I'm very excited to see even more from him, too, because I feel like this was a lot more about the kids in this episode, and I think we'll get to see more from him, too, but um, the dynamic so far is amazing. Kelvin. 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 Great name. Good old Kelvin. Let's talk about Kelvin right now. Let's jump over to him. My favorite. Oh, man. Are you an Adam Devine fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is so good. He's so good in shows. He's good in movies. He's good on in stand-up. I've seen a few of his live performances, and I just think he's unbelievably talented. And I think this character is a different dimension than he, than he usually has brought. I mean, there's some similarities to um, his workaholics character, like the one that's just like never really taken seriously but really <laughs> wants to be taken seriously. But... He's just so good, and I think that he's going to surprise everyone. Agreed. Yeah, it is like a slightly different uh, role for him, but those those same kind of things that we've come to know and love with him at the same time. I just spilled coffee all over my shirt. I was gonna I'm not going to play it off. <laughs> I was going to try for you. <laughs> Why would you do this, Jesus? <laughs> Damn it. Jesus! <laughs> um, I've seen him live a few times, too, and I think what he's bringing from his live performances to this and what he brings to every character... You can just tell he's having so much fun. When he's on stage doing stand-up, he's just like a little boy, just like so excited to be there. He lights me up. Yeah, and I feel like he does that with every character. He's just so excited to be living in that world that's built for that character. Mm -hmm. And also, props to Wardrobe. They're dressing all of them so perfectly to their characters. But when he stepped off that plane with that stupid hat and the ripped jeans and the white v-neck with the necklaces... Oh, that was perfect. Uh, I'm so excited to see his relationship with uh, Tony. Uh, what's the character's uh, name? Keith. Keith. I kept thinking they were saying Keith, and then I looked it up, and it's Keith, which is so much better. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see that because I'm just curious if it's a bromance or a friendship. I know. Or I, both. I think it might be a little of both. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then let's talk about let's talk about the man the man of the hour, Danny McBride oh, as Jesse. God. 
Just incredible. It's so Danny McBride. So Danny McBride. He's always this character that's so polarizing, but you have to love him and you're just glued to him when he's on the screen because you're like, what are you going to do? And it, I just love that they're, the premise of, this sh- of his character arc is him being a complete D-bag, totally going against everything that they preach in, in the religion, doing coke with se- what seems to be strippers, naked women, <laughs> And his friends' dicks are just out for the boys having a good old weekend while on a church trip like true a-holes. But it was for sure paid for by the church. Like what? <laughs> Probably premium cocon. <laughs> just got it straight from Colombia. Just imported in. If you guys can't tell, we're just going to be yelling and angry at mega churches mega this churches. whole show. Um, one of my notes that I wrote down was Danny McBride is as Danny McBride as ever. I mean, he's and so And for fun. this role to be, yeah, like we said, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they all, when when they find those moments of like, oh, religion is convenient for me right now or not. And I feel like he never will or never does because mm-hmm. he's just the worst. Yeah, I think he's the one that's fully in it for monetary benefits and familial bonds. And I think, too, with him being the oldest, there's going to be something to that, too, like where I think he just kind of... They're all so, like, holier than now, thinking that they can get away with anything. But especially, like, he's the oldest. He kind of thinks that he, like, pulls the strings a lot, I think. So I think that'll end up playing in a lot to their family dynamic, too. I think he'll be, like, that character where... And I, I feel like personally when I when I study the mega church pastors, I see this trend where you'll hear them saying quotes like, I don't think that an overabundance is a sin and stuff like that. It's like they will rationalize whatever because when you think you're whole in this holy praise of God and you've been giving this platform that you deserve everything and like you just really don't. So, Which is just great too because it's literally one of the seven deadly sins. <laughs> it is actually listed as a, the top, one of the top seven things that you should not do as per Jesus. Gluttonous whores! <laughs> That's what the show should be called. Gluttonous whores. The righteous whores! <laughs> that should be our band. That sounds a, oh my gosh, yes. All right, you guys heard it here first. Me and Steph Sabra <laughs> launching our own band. We're going on tour tomorrow. Right, we already source. planned it. <laughs> um, and last but not least, my girl Edie Patterson as Judy. Poor Judy. Poor little dumb Judy. <laughs> Poor her as the personification of women in the old the old values of family and power and position. Yeah. Just completely being shafted. Definitely the smartest of all the siblings. The perfect cherry on top to all the siblings. I mean, them three look like siblings. They do, actually, yeah just deals with it so well because she'll say the dumbest things but you know in her brain she's she's gonna be the one ten steps ahead of all of them which like she was today we do get to see that which i loved how they tied that up but yeah i mean when we were talking earlier about how quickly they identified all the characters and and their their kind of role in the family just her waiting on the tarmac for them and like running over and giving him a big hug and like waiting for the little pat on the head. She's like, Daddy slap me too. I'm a gemstone too, Daddy. <laughs> like she is so desperate to be part of this awful family. Don't you dare! The feminist in me is just burning. I know. <laughs> so I, I really like the way that they brought her character in, in a way that it, it just makes you go like, oh my god, yeah, 
She has no she has no purpose in this family. She's literally their secretary. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. I, I think that's such a telling moment for her to go all the way out there to welcome them, get that little pat on the head, and then okay. As go if away they now. can't afford a secretary and bring her with them. <laughs> I mean, wow. Wow, wow is definitely right. Um I have to say, let let's start let's start talking about the episode. Yep. Let's go through the episode. The opening of a 24-hour baptism marathon. That should tell you everything you need to know about this family and their religious beliefs, their religion. Amy, they saved 5,000 people. Put That's some true. respect on their name. That's true. I'm so sorry. In a wave pool. <laughs> Does Is chlorine involved in the sanitary process of being saved? I think when they do the holy water. <laughs> They just they they usually I think chlorine is part of it. They do a blessing over it and yeah. they sprinkle in some chlorine. Yeah, because chemicals is God's favorite yes. way of clearing the sin. <laughs> so what a great setup! What a, what a great opening image of them in a wave pool saving souls. And you already see the inner the infighting and like the bickering between the two brothers. So I just thought like for the first minute of this show, two minutes, it's just perfect. What a it great setup. So perfect. And once you understand that the people that they're saving can't understand them, so they're just shit talking each other the entire time <laughs> and they can't understand and then the waves turn on. It's such a good opening scene. Totally. I, I think just setting everything up and then jumping immediately back into them coming into their, you know, coming back home. And, I mean, my gosh, talk about extravagance. They just shove it down our throats right away. Those three homes, that whole property. I love everyone just, like, at the gun range as soon as they pull into. <laughs> like, everything stereotypical about the Midwest, South, mega churches, religion, they just have packed it in, and I can't wait to see more of it, because there's such a hypocrisy in um, some really religious people and some uh, really people who praise Jesus and spread the the word of the Lord but then they go back to their mega churches and are like I wish we were in Japan cuz China I didn't really like anything about it. <laughs> what? <laughs> like they were forced to go to China with those terrible terrible Chinese people. Yeah. I feel so sorry for feel them. Feel so bad for you. I wonder how much you made. Yeah. I I think um what I loved about this scene too when they all come back is not only again the extravagance of it, but even in their welcome home, we got to learn more about the characters. And I think the best shows do that. They're not wasteful. They don't waste a, a scene or time, you know, like anything that doesn't contribute towards the story. And this does. Like Eli, John Goodman comes home to awaits uh, like his staff of like fifteen people greeting him, like he is Jesus himself at the front door because his wife is gone. He's lonely old man gets all the praise be, all the praise, praise be from his maids. <laughs> What? And then we have Jesse come home to his family, uh-huh. and we have uh, Kelvin come home to Keith, to the <laughs> post-Satanist who's been saved, and he can now do no wrong. But that scene was hilarious to oh. me about how he's like, 
the room just felt real empty and I didn't want to be sleeping in it. Uh, and even though you gave me permission, which is like also really weird because you have a massive house, he does not need to be sleeping in your bed. There's a lot of hints being thrown. Yeah. And I really want to, I, they're like my favorite duo. I'm so excited because also I feel like that's a great comedy duo. I feel like the two of them are very similar in kind of their styles and characters that they've played in the past. And they both bring a lot of like really fun energy. And can we talk about Tony Cavallaro, his delivery on all these lines? They're writing so well for him. I love the lines they're giving him and the specificity of it. But just that kind of dry, like, matter-of-fact tone that he has with it all. I'm I'm so excited. Like, out of all the, like, kind of, like, more minor characters, I think he's he's the one that I'm most excited Me about Me too. Right now. Me too, completely. I loved him. The moment I saw him, I was like... If I had to be anyone in this cast, I would have probably been you. Like, the one that was a Satanist and then got, like, saved. I'm like, huh, I guess I'll stay here for a while. (laughs) Uh, So, all right. Really, after, I like that they jumped right into the conflict, too. We got to know everything. We got to know who they are. And then we also got to know that Jesse is a giant dirtbag. Even more than we thought. With the whole video getting shown... I think I didn't think it was going to take that turn so quickly, and I was so excited when it did. Where did you think it was going at that point? Like, as soon as they dropped that video. I thought it was going to be, like, an affair or something, but the whole thing is just so disturbing, and there's so many layers to it, because in the beginning, I, I didn't think that that would be his friends or other members of the church, which made it even better and more uh, more higher stakes with it. So I just love that they're making him, like, the personification of complete hypocrisy within the church. Yeah. And I mean, that really is the the best way to put it because it's just the, one of those people that you're like, I bet they're a terrible human being. <laughs> and you just never know. But that's why I like that immediately they're like, oh no, yeah, he is garbage. He's like, pure garbage. Yeah, you just look like you have a confederate flag <laughs> like, in your basement. <laughs> like He just like indulges <laughs> in the finer sins of life just for the shits. Not because he really feels that way, but because he's like, why not? I Listen, can't. it just means <laughs> southern pride. <laughs> Gosh. That's it. <laughs> We're going to either have a lot of fans or a lot of haters on the show. (laughs) Let us know how you feel. But Um, speaking of that, really do let us know how you feel. We do love that you guys tune in and watch us. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to this channel. Give us a like. Leave us a comment. We love to talk to you even after we finish our after show. And if you're on iTunes, make sure to leave us a review there. Give us five stars if you're feeling extra spicy and religious and holy. All of that good stuff. But yeah, we really appreciate you guys. And we want to hear your input on this new show. I'm excited to see what people think. Yeah, it's I, I, I so far I've heard a lot of really good things, like as far as just like reviews from, you know, critics, but then also fans alike seeming to like it so far. I haven't heard anything yet, so, like, please flood my... (laughs) flood my tweeter. (laughs) Hit up that tweeter so that Steph can hear about it. (laughs) But yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. I think this is going to be a really, really fun show to talk about, too. I know we were both even talking before we went on air how excited we were to get to do this, and all the, like, weird things we want to do this season. We can start building our own megachurch with all the viewers. Like, why not? We have fun special segments planned for you guys, some news and gossip, (laughs) all that good stuff every week, so why not? We can become the new douchebags. Yeah, exactly. Great. We'll take donations via (laughs) PayPal. (laughs) 
<laughs> or cash up. Um, so, yeah, so th- they set up the conflict, obviously, that we see is going to be, like, obviously, this is not going to go away in an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about a little bit more wh- where it wraps up. But then also the other thing going on is these small town pastors who are starting to want to take a stand, rightfully so. Uh, the scene when they go into the stadium to the where Taylor Swift probably performed the night before, yep. <laughs> that is their church. Yep. I just thought, again, like, what a great scene and what a great, like, show of power and strength from them. The way the three of them were standing just, like, up on a couple of stairs looking down at the group of pastors. And just the way that they were speaking to them and, like, oh, God, you just hate them so much in that scene. You just absolutely hate them because it's totally sacrilegious to to be so manipulative with the way that they're proceeding with business. Like, they're not going to a place to spread the word where people maybe don't have access to the word of the Lord, which is what I would think religious people would want to do. Instead, they go to places where they already have pastors that they're totally happy with and learning from and engaging with and want to take their business, which is insane to me. And I I loved, I, I really want to see the rivalry between them. That, that seemed like the most exciting plot line to me. Yeah, that is going to be a lot of fun to watch that develop because and I loved that line that John Goodman's character had when he said when he was like oh yeah it's a different size flocks but we all report to the same boss and I'm like shut up John Goodman <laughs> I'm never going to say that again in my life but shut your dumb mouth John Goodman <laughs> Eli fine he's Eli, Eli. <laughs> totally um, but yeah I, I think that evolution uh, with them is going to be a lot of fun to watch um, so let's let's talk about though the money behind what they're able to do too because that scene made me think about that and it's just like anything a big corporation Amazon being able to do more than like a smaller you know retail store things like that and when you put all that and you just start to think about it and you're like gosh you can literally do anything you want to because of how much how the funds that you have so when they were in that scene talking about how like oh well you have good numbers all put together. It's literally a buyout. They're They're doing a buyout of churches. They're monopolizing Jesus followers. And Jesus followers are falling for it. Yeah. They will open up that church without having to close the other churches and they will flock to that because that's where like the celebrity is. Like you saw when they walked into the restaurant, everyone's like, like Brad Pitt and Angelina just walked in. <laughs> if I saw like any them walking in, I'd be like, yikes. <laughs> Y'all duck. are weird. Duck and cover. Yeah. Like, I don't know what kind of voodoo you're doing to keep that much money going inside of under the word of the lord (laughs) i love that throughout the episode we just see everyone drinking the Mm kool-aid obviously the main four in the family but then like um jesse's wife i think amber was her name yes again like the way that she was talking with her friends about like oh i don't expect anything in return and the woman was like look at your house oh my god you have a private jet and she's like brushing it all off and talking about how it's still the work of the lord and i'm like but she didn't even just brush it off that was even the crazier part (laughs) they are all in like they played dumb this is why religion can be dangerous because you can play dumb behind behind it all and just be like well that's what jesus wanted that's what like the bible said or whatever religious text you're reading and then you see when as soon as they get questioned they're like satan just walked up in you and you just decided 
decided to like reject my statements and all my good and to use that is so manipulative but so perfect for her because she is just creepy. Yeah. She creeps me out. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly kind of terrified. In the best way. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that kind of even brings up a good point that I wonder if this show is going to get political at -hmm. any point, too, because it's the same that we see in our politics now, too, of like Jesus is used as political leverage when they want to make an excuse for something. They manipulate something religious and then turn it, you know, for their own good. So I wonder if there is going to be any kind of political aspect in this or if it's strictly just going to be. The family, the religion, their town, you know, like yeah, that kind. Yeah, we see religion and the hypocrisy of religion. We also see sexism yeah. and how heavy it weighs in both religion, in every religious textbook, and in real life, of course, um, sexism is massive. So that is interesting that they're playing those two. So I'm curious if they do get into that. I don't know if they will. Yeah, I don't know that it really needs it. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe like a little, little sprinkle yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, and that's good segue into this dinner, speaking of sexism, when Amber starts to speak and then has to stop herself and go, oh, I'm so sorry. May I speak to her husband? Woof. Oh, I died a little. My vagina died. <laughs> I said, you don't deserve that uterus right now. You reclaim that uterus and don't ever ask to speak again. Take back the uterus. <laughs> That's our second band name. Such a good scene. (laughs) Such a good scene. Because the dynamic with the sister and her, and both of them playing complete backseats to the entire table discussion of all men, and all the men are incompetent. Yeah. Oh, totally. And it's, again, they're the, you know, it's just like, whose dick is bigger right now? Who can swing it the fastest? Because that's all this dinner was. And then every time Judy tries to squeak her little voice in there, nothing. Amber asks to speak. And then both of the sons get reprimanded with a slap. And like you said, Judy, just, can you slap me too? Daddy, can you slap me? I'm a gemstone too. I'm going to start saying that all the time. I'm a gemstone, too. (laughs) I'm a gemstone, too. Please, Daddy. Uh, I love you, Judy. Get out of there. (laughs) Just get it. And that's it. Her and her her fiancé. I think they might might be on the right path of let's move off of the compound. Take your million dollars that was stashed up into the pipes and run. Oh, gosh. So, speaking of the million dollars, like we said earlier, Judy, she's the one who saves them. Saves the day. Duh. Listen to the lady. Yeah. I, I mean, I love how they weren't going to call her about that. And he ended up telling Kelvin, and Kelvin had the reaction I probably would have had because I'm like, you're such a dick to me all the time, brother. And now you want me to get your back when you won't even let me do anything inside the church or the way we run our business. And I say business truthfully because that's what it is. <laughs> that's so crazy. You want to say something more like, like, oh, no, the church. But you're like, oh, no, it's it's the business. Full on mob. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> um, so let, let's talk a little bit about what, what we think is going to happen with this video. Because the way that they did this, I did not see that ending coming. No, from the, <laughs> them going to the other uh, pastor's house, 
thinking that it was him, what an idiot. Of course it's not him or else he would have just leveraged you not opening up the the prayer church instead of asking for a million dollars. So that just shows how stupid and in his own head Jesse is. And even, yeah, if Kelvin is the smart one, you have a problem. <laughs> you have a problem. So then his friend ends up getting shot in the stomach, like full on shotgun shot in the stomach. <gasps> Poor guy, he was the one with his dick out in the video too, right? <laughs> yeah. he's, he's not having a good Don't day. Don't get caught with your dick out, bro. That's all I have to say. Yeah, there, uh, there was a, the Kubaton sticks weren't uh, weren't helping him out too much in that scene. Kubaton, I need Kubaton, I need those. I just love that he kept saying it. Kubaton, <laughs> so damn it. One more time, Kubaton. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, and again, it's just like these just like dumb, dumb boys. I loved when they were standing outside the barn just whispering and he just looks outside and he's like, I can hear you. <laughs> like, he, there's there's no way that they're going to be able to pull off anything. I mean, they are such hillbillies. <laughs> they are so stupid. And then when they leave, that's when it starts getting crazier. Because I'm like, is he going to die? Like, are we going to get our first death? I don't think he's going to be dead. Do you? No, I don't think so. I think, I think he just got a little brush in the stomach you know, by a good old shotgun. <laughs> well, little shotgun shot to the it belly. It happens all the time. All the time. I'm bleeding out right now. It's fine. Mm-hmm. He was probably on a lot of coke anyways. Yeah. So he's just like, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> His heart's pumping. He's good to go. <laughs> Um, but then some people do die. <laughs> Judy comes in the rover. Yep. Judy to the rescue in the rover gets the cash needed from her secret stash. Of course, is there to save her brother's ass. Goes there. Of course, they have to get out of the car. I don't know what Jesse is thinking here. That They're just going to sit in the car. He'll go toss the money out on the sidewalk. I think my favorite thing ever is that he was thinking that it was going to be a VHS or a cassette tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how out of reality these people have become. I mean, that's what money can do for you, too, when you just are so... You get everything done for you, and mm-hmm. you're not exploring anything. You 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 regret. You can regress unless you choose to be on top of it all. You just lose such touch with reality. It always... One of my favorite lines from Arrested Development is when Lucille's like, how much can a banana be? $15? Yeah. Like, that is this family. <laughs> They're so out of touch with reality yeah. and everything around them. <laughs> They probably think a banana's $50. Um, and it's a bargain at that point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so then he, Jesse does get to use his coupon stick um, in what he thought was going to be some sort of brilliant move to take this guy down, beat him until he says who they're working for. Or just take off his mask. Yeah, maybe just do that, too, to figure out who it is. But, nope. I like the chase. <laughs> yeah, more more gunshots. And then Judy just runs him over. Runs him over. Just, I just think it's so funny that she was the one who had to do that. And poor Kelvin is the one who's still, like, trying to be on this righteous path, I think. Yeah. And is sitting in the back, just probably pooped his pants completely. Like, what did I just get into? I just literally <laughs> just didn't want this video out for my family. I mean, you saw his face when he was about to get slapped in the face. Yeah. If that was his face when he was about to get slapped... Yeah, I think the poop is probably what happened. (laughs) The poop. The poop happened. So that was crazy, and then he ran over the second guy, which I guess you had to do, but I don't know how there's not going to be cameras. Like, they were in a full-on local lot. Yeah. 
I think my favorite thing about that, too, comedically, it was so great that they made it so awkward. Like, yeah, she accidentally ran him over, stops, freaks out, but then when they switch in the car in the front seat to switch the driver, that was even awkward. They're, like, trying to, like, maneuver around each other, and it takes too long, and they honk the horn accidentally. And then the fact that he reverse, he goes in reverse and chases this guy down in reverse to run him over. That was such a funny scene. I was just like, this is so ridiculous. The timing I'm so of that, happy. It, this, this whole episode, I do want to say, is filmed so awesome. And yeah. it's so well done because it's extravagant. And the choices match the creative direction that you can tell that they're going in. The locations that they're shooting on are so fun. And it just it, it's perfectly done right now. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see where it continues to go. Hell Yes, I think that was one of my favorite pilots I've seen in a while, which is hard. A lot of times pilots are just wonky and they're trying to do too much explaining to have the audience understand. And especially a comedy pilot, because they have to set up this entire world, all of these characters and still make you laugh the whole time. And they did. Like, I think this was a really, really well done pilot. Yeah, I think there's still room to grow, which is great because... It just has to be like that with yeah. pilots. It's so hard. You're like getting someone for an hour and trying to be fully invested when there's so much content out there. So I think yeah. there's room to grow. But in terms of just being a solid pilot, hell yeah, they knocked it out of the ballpark. Love it. Well, I think it might be time that we knock one out of the ballpark. Oh my gosh. With yes. our special segment. So our special segment each week I am more than excited about. It came to me from the word of the Lord. Thank you Jesus. We are going to be doing what I like to call a righteous rhyme that may not rhyme for our beloved mega church pastors. I'm going to be highlighting one of the actual mega church pastors that exist in real life today and we are starting With the one and only... Well, I don't want to give it up yet. We'll get there. Let us pray. A worldwide sensation. Televangelist and megachurch pastor. He goes by the name of Joel Osteen. Praise Jesus. Similar to Jesus, his estimated net worth is over 40 million. Damn it, Joel. Prior to becoming a pastor, Osteen had a fear of public speaking. But Jesus said, Joel, get in your bag and exploit the word of the Lord. Praise Jesus. He even sold out the Yankee Stadium. Joel Osteen, whose book sales and related stuff generates a reported $55 million, claims an individual should not feel guilt for possessing lots of material wealth. Instead, one needs to think quote, and praise God for the acquired wealth. In conclusion, his heart stays open to the Lord, but his doors stay closed to the victims of Hurricane Harvey. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise be. Praise Jesus. Damn it, Joel. That one took a lot out of me. Steph. Joel Osteen has been one on my mind for a while now. We're just going to take them down every single week. (laughs) One by one. Danny McBride, thank you for allowing me this opportunity and platform to drag the megachurch pastors. 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 Al Pastors. And now what I would love to do, Amy, if you give me the okay... 
Let's do it. Okay. For the premiere and finale of this beautiful series, we are going to be doing a top three. And we thought our top three for this week should be highlighting our top three Danny McBride performances. This was a hard one. As we know, he has a long and exciting career. Super talented guy. So it's hard to really point it down to three, but we'll do it. Number one. Kenny Powers from East Down, East Back. <laughs> Let me start this over. <clears throat> the church, the, the Holy Spirit's in me too hard right now. Jesus. Number one. Jesus. Kenny Powers, East Bound and Down. Yes. <laughs> Number two, Red in Pineapple Express. Praise <gasps> be. Praise be. Number three, Honey Mustard in Sausage Party. <laughs> yes. We gotta have that one in there. I mean, it was so hard, but I think we have the best. I think it's a pretty solid list. I yeah. think if you think you can come up with a better one. Anyone watching or listening, I please I do. You. But I mean, come on, that's a pretty, that's pretty solid good. Topic. But it was hard. <laughs> it was hard. It is tough. Um, Canna by Foreman in the chat. What up? Thanks for joining us. Uh, I th- you say another another perfect mess from Danny McBride, and I'm all in. Same here. Yes. Same here. <laughs> We love those perfect messes. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> We're just hot messes. Uh, Steph, do we have some news and gossip as well? <laughs> yes, we have some news and gossip today. We will hope to get more as the show progresses and there's more. they do more press. Because like I said, I was searching for a lot of press. But there are some great interviews out right now that I want to highlight and articles that you guys can read more about the Righteous Gemstones and the making of it from Danny McBride's point of view. Polygon has a really great article, and um, it's all about how Danny McBride and John Goodman were able to kind of join forces into this project, because, I mean, what huge names for one project. And um, one other one, let me pull it up real quick. I think I know it was the one that we were talking about earlier um, with Danny McBride saying it wasn't really like a jab towards. Oh, yes. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, it's uh, Basically, there's a couple different articles about it where Danny McBride is saying how it, it's not really meant to be a show that's like taking a jab at them, but it's also just kind of like, this is my experience mm-hmm. with them, which I think honestly works best for comedy a lot of times because it's not there to be like, we're on a mission. Because then yeah. it, it kind of gets too preachy and personal. <laughs> at that point. Yeah, yeah, it gets too like you slapped me so I'm gonna slap you but I love I think the funniest things comedians can do are personal stories and pull from personal experiences because that's why it seems like damn that's so specific it must have really happened exactly Yo, can I chime in real quick? Yes, yeah. our producer Jonathan yeah. in the booth. So, I'm reading a little a little article on Vice.com. Let me let me read what he says right here. It said he said to EW quotation the goal of it is a, it, the goal of it is not to take down anything. It's setting a story in a world that I haven't seen. So he does not. He hasn't really lived this. It's just based off of little things that he's had done throughout his lifetime we yeah i i totally thank you jonathan because that's true like we all have some sort of religious experience yeah and for me like i know it seems like i'm dragging i'm dragging mega churches and pastors because i'm not there's so much good in each religion but then there's stuff that gets pulled and convoluted from everything and it just turns rotten and this is a piece on when religion gets rotten i i i think when power consumes and corrupts 
all everyone who gets too involved with it. And I think they're making that point very clearly by showing what monsters they are, <laughs> whereas these small town pastors are going to be kind of the heroes of the show, I think. You know, where the, like the small guys kind of sticking up for what real religion actually is and yeah. should be versus these mega monsters. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Sweet. Well, speaking of that, want to do some predictions? Yes! <laughs> Okay. What do you got for me? What I got is more. I just want, like, so much drama. <laughs> I think that's what Danny McBride does best. It's like, it doesn't stop. All of his roles are just, like, relentlessly in your face, trying to fix problems, but creating more problems, and that's exactly what I want to see. I, I'm really curious to see the development of Judy Gemstone, and now that she's, like, fully playing ball with the boys, and now she has something on Jesse, and he can't just shun her away away from everything because she can be like I'm going to tell daddy so I, yeah. I really can't wait for that and I agree I think the hometown pastors are going to light some shit up yeah that was my biggest one with Judy I think for a prediction is I think now that she has that leverage like we said she's already the smartest one mm-hmm. but no one's listening to her so I think especially in this next episode we might see her kind of like grow some balls a little bit and try to like really say like no I got you on this one let me one up you she's gonna readjust her ovaries <laughs> Get them in place for war and get after it. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, on the ovary note. Brennan Dyson in the chat says, I really hope this series gets better. It's the pilot. Definitely give, I I, I give every show until the third episode. And by the third episode, if they can't convince you to stay, then leave. But give them that. And I think they're building the madness right now. If if there's already that much happening in the first episode, and they've established so much. (laughs) Like, it's just only going to get crazier from here. Yeah. So I'm very excited for this season. I hope you guys are too. And even if you don't watch the show, you can watch the after show. That's true. Yeah. Because we will take them down. Danny McBride might not be taking them down. We're going to take them down. And we're going to be hoping to get guests in studio, you guys. So there will be a lot of exciting things um, coming up for the after show and for the show in general. Definitely. Well, Steph, where can we find you on internet? Thank you so much for asking, Amy. Welcome, Bless Steph. your soul. Bless you guys you. can find me on Instagram and Twitter, at Steph Sabra. Like I said, I love to talk about the show, even after we're done talking about it. So hit me up. Same. Hit me up as well. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Amy Maestri. Super excited for the rest of the season. We will see you guys next week. Praise Jesus. Praise Hallelujah. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.